Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I done fell in love with Party at the bodega. What up, everybody? This is your man, Benz Pharrell with Thinking Out Loud. How's everybody doing today? I hope everybody's doing good. Real talk. All right. More migrant uh, stories. This one is crazy because I witness a lot of it. So that's why I'm into it because I'll be witnessing. I'll be at the airport. I'll be at the bus terminal. I do kind of travel. You see what I'm saying? I do move around a lot. Hundreds of migrants live inside O'Hare Airport as Chicago grapples with how to house them. All right, the O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. Hidden behind a heavy black curtain in one of the nation's busiest airports is Chicago's unsettling response to a growing population of asylum seekers arriving by plane. Hundreds of migrants, from babies to the elderly, live inside a shuttle bus center at O'Hare International Airport's Terminal 1. They sleep on cardboard pads on the floor and share airport bathrooms. A private firm monitors their movements. Like New York and other cities, Chicago has struggled to house asylum seekers, slowly moving people out of temporary spaces and into shelters. And in the near, in the near future, Tense, but Chicago's use of airports is unusual, having been re rejected elsewhere, and highlights the city's uh, haphazard response to the crisis. The practice also has raised concerns about safety and the treatment of people fleeing violence and, and poverty. All right, so it was supposed to be a stop and go place, said Vianney Marsullo. One of the few volunteers at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. It's very concerning. It's not just a safety matter, but it's a public health matter, she said. Some migrants stay at O'Hare for weeks, then are moved to police stations or manage to get into the few shelters that are available. Within weeks, Chicago plans to roll out winterized tents, something New York has done. Up to 500 people have lived at O'Hare simultaneously in a space far smaller than a city block, shrouded by a curtain fastened, shutting with staples. Their movements are monitored by a private company whose staff control who staff control who enters and exits the cur curtains, those black curtains. Sickness spreads quickly. All right, these are reports. The staffing company provides limited first aids and calls ambulances. A volunteer team of doctors visited once over the summer and their supplies were decimated. That means they already ran out. Chicago offers meals, but only at specific times and many foods are unfamiliar to the new arrivals. While migrants closer to Chicago core have access to a strong network of volunteers. Food and clothing donations at O'Hare are limited due to the airport security concerns. Most of the 14,000 immigrants who have arrived in Chicago during the last year have come from Texas, largely under the, the, under the direction of Republican Governor Greg Abbott. All right. As more migrants arrive, 
the city's existing services were strained. Officials struggled to find long-term housing solutions while saying the city needed more help from the state and federal governments. You know, that's the same thing I've been talking about for the last month and a half. Brandon Johnson took office in May and has proposed tents. It's super cold over there in Chicago, like extremely cold. This is a different type of cold. This ain't no goddamn New York City cold. Chicago cold is way more worse than New York City, all right? Many migrants are from Venezuela, where a political, social, and economic crisis in the past decade has pushed millions of people into poverty. At least 7.3 million have left, with many risking an often horrible route to the United States. I'm talking about many of you American citizens can't survive this shit. You're going to die. Maria Daniela Sanchez Valera, 26 years old, who passed through Panama's dangerous jungle clad. Uh, she passed through Panama's dangerous uh, jungle clad Darian Gap with her two year old daughter. That's like a movie right there. Arrived at O'Hare's days ago at the International Airport in Chicago. She fled her native Venezuela five years ago for Peru, where her daughter was born. After her daughter's father was killed, she left. We come here with the intention of working, not with the intention of being given everything, she stated. The um, Maria Daniela Sanchez Valera with the movie scene like coming through the jungles of goddamn Venezuela ending up in goddamn all right okay she said a recent Biden administration plan to offer temporary legal status and the ability to work the status to work to the Venezuelans doesn't apply to her because she arrived after the deadline she tries to keep the toddler entertained with walks around the terminal on a recent day a staff member told Valera, Miss Valera, to make her daughter stop running or else they would be kicked out. The company called Favorite Healthcare Staffing uh, said employees treat new arrivals with respect and it would investigate that particular situation further. I guess that circumstances, she should have never told Miss Valera to make her daughter stop running or they're gonna get kicked out. So I guess that's under investigation right there. So Ms. Valera says she wanted to take a train from the airport, but she didn't have the roughly $5 subway fare. There are many people who have been able to get out and they say that in the garbage dumps, you can get clothes for their children, she added. Mm, that's crazy. Chicago began using the city's two international airports as temporary shelters as the number of migrants arriving by plane increased. Nearly 3,000 people who have arrived by plane since June have sought shelter. A handful live at Midway International Airport. Airport. When they need clothes or services, they walk, they walk two miles to a police station, volunteers say. At O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, migrants have spread out beyond the certain beyond the curtain for more space, sleeping along windows, travelers wheeling suitcases, and airline staff catching bu bus whizzing by. Some stopping to take pictures because the travelers see it. 
because now they spread out beyond the curtains and you can see them sleeping and stuff like that. And I am also a witness of this, all right? Because I, I told you I travel. Chicago officials acknowledge using O'Hare isn't ideal. Using the airport is not a good idea, wasn't the best idea. But they say there aren't other options with a crisis that they inherited. Christina Passioni Zayas, uh, first deputy chief of staff, said Chicago is slowly building capacity to house people. The city has added 15 new shelters since May and resettled about 3,000 people. They serve 190,000 meals weekly and partner with groups for medical care, but still rely heavily on volunteers to fill the gaps. It is perfect. Is it perfect? Hell nah. But what we have done, what we have done and stood in our values to ensure that we live up to the operationalizing a sanctuary city, she stated. We will continue to work on it, but we are holding the line. All right. She said it's not perfect. It's, you see what I'm saying? And then, but we have done and stood in our values to ensure that we live up to the operationalizing of a sanctuary city. That's what she said. Other cities oppose using the airports. At Boston Logo, I mean, <laughs> my back, at Boston's Logan International Airport, migrants who arrive overnight are given cots for a few hours before being sent elsewhere. Massport spokeswoman Jennifer Mahegan said Logan is not the appropriate place to stay. All right, when reports of a possible federal plan to use the Atlantic City International Airport in New Jersey as a shelter surface recently, elected officials blasted that idea. It is such a preposterous solution to the problems we have, said Atlantic County Executive Dennis Livingston, who is going to secure the, who is he's asking these questions, who is going to secure secure these people? Who is going to feed these people? Who is going to educate them? We really don't have the infrastructure to take care of any of them. That's what um Dennis Livingston said Atlantic County Executive, you know, one of the elected officials. Jonathan Galvez, a 21-year-old from Columbia, didn't plan to stay at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago long as he has a friend in Chicago. He teared up when he talked of being separated from his fiance on route to the U.S. Among his few belongings was a silver anchor-shaped necklace she gave him. Okay, that's sad. Just by arriving here, I feel peace, he said. It is a country with many opportunities. I am very grateful. Yoli Cordova, 42 years old, arrived at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago days ago. She left Venezuela because she was discriminated against for her sexual orientation. She cries as she's expressed relief at leaving, but remain worried about her daughters in Venezuela. I don't know if they're going to help me here, Ms. Cordova said. I really don't know what to do, where to go. These are the circumstances, many circumstances, that are going in America's major cities, all right? Like I said, I've been traveling. That's why I haven't 
had too many episodes came out in the recent last couple of days because I was super busy. I told you I'd be everywhere. Before I even started podcasting, I was going to McAllen, Texas, and, McT- and I was going to Brownsville, which are dangerous Texas um, border cities and stuff, border towns. Some of them places are dangerous. You got to be careful. You can't just be out there like that. You got to know what you're doing when you're out there. You got to know how to... You got to know how to, like, socialize with certain people because they might be dangerous. You see what I'm saying? So you got to know how to talk. You see, you got to have a lot of, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, street education. And then you got to have, like, a lot of diplomatic education in yourself, too, because you got to know how to talk to certain people. Some people are not good people. And you got to know how to, like, diffuse, like, bad you know, it, it can get bad. You know what I'm saying? You got to have discipline. You have to have the discipline because you moving on, man, you moving in bad territory. You know? See, something could happen to you. There's a lot of um, drug cartels, um, associates out there, and and then you got fucking bureaucrats out there. A lot of agencies, police, hey, law enforcement agencies, border patrol. Then you got, um, like I said, you got thugs out there. Believe it or not, there's a lot of thugs out there, a lot of gangs out there, a lot, a lot of criminal activity. Like, I, I don't even know how to help you, how to articulate it in a way to help you imagine the activities that's going on on those Texas borders and the goddamn Arizona borders and the Southern California borders. There's, all, oh, there's chaos all through them lines right there. New Mexico, shit. Them place is dangerous. And then there's going to the airport, and I told you, I am also a witness of this and stuff like that. They got they they got a lot of traffic coming through these um sanctuary city um cities that they have like New York, I think Philadelphia going through it, Boston, DC, um Chicago Los Angeles, California, going through it, too. Uh, I want to say upstate New York, too, but, yeah. I don't know if Detroit going through it. I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to go figure it out to see if they going through anything. But I'm telling you, bro, these are the many problems that's going on in all the major cities in America. Down here, too. Houston. Yes, sir. Houston got something going on, too. They just... Keeping it under All right. On to some other news. A nine-year-old vanishes after a bike ride during a family camping trip in upstate New York somewhere. Massive searches underway for a nine-year-old girl believed to have been abducted from Moria Lake State Park in New York. Charlotte Senya was last seen on Loop A at approximately 6.15 p.m. Saturday wearing an orange tie-down uh, orange tie-dye Pokemon shirt, dark blue pants, black crogs, and a gray bike helmet, New York State Police say. The child is described as being white with blonde hair, standing at five foot one and weighing about 90 pounds. 
The child was taken under circumstances that lead police to believe that they are in imminent danger of serious harm or death. All right, so the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children stated online, little Senya was on a camping trip with her family and disappeared after going for a bike ride in the park, the Times Union news sources reported. Police received a call about her disappearance around 6.45 p.m. Her bike was apparently found, but it is not clear whether if it was located by the family or the first responders. She is highly intelligent, adventurous, nine-year-old, but obviously this is out of her character for her. State Troop G Public Information Officer Stephanie O'Neill told news sources, all right, so she's is a highly intelligent, adventurous nine-year-old, but obviously this is out of character. Little Senya is from Saratoga County. Multiple agencies are using helicopters, bloodhounds, canines, airboats, and ATVs to try to find her. So that's I seen that on the headlines early in the morning, in the wee hours in the morning. I seen that one right there. All right. Hopefully they find her. I hope nothing ain't happened. That's a very scary, very scary uh, circumstances. All right. I'm pretty sure the parents are going crazy. All right, on to the next one. Donald Trump denounces case as a scam as he arrives for a New York trial over his business practices. The fraud lawsuit that could cause former President Donald Trump control of some of his most prized properties when went to trial on Monday, all right, with New York state lawyers vowing to hold him accountable while he denounced the case as a politically motivated scam. The civil case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James accuses the business mogul turned politician and his companies of deceiving banks, insurance, insurers, and others by habitually misstating his wealth and financial statements. All right, so they say he got bad business practices by misstating his financial wealth and stuff like that. Attorney, New York Attorney General Letitia James is going after the mogul. They were lying year after year after year. Kevin Wallace, a lawyer in James, Miss James' office, said in an opening statement as Trump sat at the defense table, he looked straight ahead, arms crossed, facing away from the screen that was that showed details of Wallace's presentation in the courtroom. Defense lawyer Christopher Kais, in his opening, said that the financial statements were true and he suggested the proof was in the outcome of Trump's business career. He has made a fortune, literally, being right about every real estate investments, Kais stated. Trump showed up voluntarily for the trial with his control over Trump Tower and some other major real estate holdings in jeopardy. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time, the Republican said as he approached the courtroom reiterating that claims that James, a Democrat, is trying to thwart his return to the White House. It's a scam. It's a sham, Trump said. He called the case an attempt to hurt me in the election. 
And also added, I don't think the people of this country are going to stand for it. That's what he said. Trump looked away from James as he passed her on the way into court with a disgusted look on his face. Meanwhile, his campaign immediately began fundraising off the appearance. Wow, that's funny. Judge Arthur Ingeron, all right, that's a judge, already has ruled that Trump committed fraud in his business dealings. That ruling, that ruling was last week. If upheld on appeal, could force Trump to give up New York properties, including Trump Tower, a Wall Street office building, golf courses, and a suburban estate. All right, so the, the Arthur Egeron judge, the judge, already has ruled that Trump committed some type of fraud in his business dealings. That ruling last week, that ruling was last week. If upheld on appeal, Trump could be forced to give up his New York properties, including Trump Tower, a Wall Street office building, golf courses, and a suburban estate. Trump has called it a corporate death penalty and insisted that the judge is unfair and out to go to go get him or out to get him. Right. It is a non-jury trial. So Igoron, Judge Igoron will decide on six other claims in the lawsuit. James is seeking $250 million in penalties and a ban on Trump doing business in New York. Before the trial Monday, James reiterated that her position that Trump for years engaged in persistent and repeated fraud. No matter how powerful you are and no matter how much money you think you have, no one is above the law, she said on her way into the courthouse. In her office opening statement, Wallace placed Trump squarely at the center of the alleged financial fudging. Every estimate was determined by Mr. Trump. Trump, the Republican frontrunner, and the 2024 presidential race has denied wrong any wrongdoings. He says that James and the judge are undervaluing such assets as his Palm Beach, Florida resort, Mari Lago, and that it didn't matter what he put on his financial statements because they have a disclaimer that says they shouldn't be trusted. Trump isn't expected to testify for several weeks. All right. He's. His trip to court Monday marked a remarkable departure from his past practice. Trump didn't go to court as either a witness or a spectator. When his company and and one of his top executives, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, let me go back. Trump didn't go to court as either a witness or a spectator when his company and one of his top executives was convicted of tax fraud last year. He didn't show either for a civil trial earlier this year in which a jury found him liable for sexually assaulting the writer E. Jean Carroll in the department store dressing room. James' lawsuit accused Trump and his company of a long list of falsehoods in the financial statements he gave to the banks in the recent court filing. James' office alleged Trump exaggerated his wealth by as much as $3.6 billion. Among the allegations were that Trump claimed his Trump Tower apartment in Manhattan, a three-story penthouse replete with gold-plated fixtures, 
was nearly three times its actual size and worth an astounding $327 million. No apartment in New York City has ever sold for close to that amount, um, the attorney, Ms. James, says. Trump valued Mar-a-Lago as high as $739,000 million, more than $739 million, I'm sorry, $739 million, more than 10 times a more reasonable estimate of its worth, Ms. James claimed. Trump figure for the private club was based on the idea that the property could be developed for residential use while Trump lives there. The deed terms prohibit any further residential development on that property, Attorney James says. All right. He and his lawyers have also argued that no one was harmed by anything in the financial statements. Banks he borrowed money from were fully repaid. Business partners made money and Trump's own company flourished. James, Ms. James' lawsuits is one of the several legal headaches for Trump as he campaigns for a return to the White House in next year's election. He has been indicted four times since March, accused of plotting to overturn his 2020 election loss to the Democrat Joe Biden, who is now president, hoarding classified documents and, and falsifying business records related to hush money paid on his behalf. The New York fraud trial could last all the way into December, Egeron, Judge Egeron said, the judge in that um, goddamn fraud case. All right. I don't know, man. Trump said, man, this is a goddamn witch hunt. I don't know what these people going on. And then as he was as the case began, Judge what was his name? Egeron. He was um laughing. He did like a sinister laugh or some shit like that. As Trump was sitting down or whatever. Yeah, I was looking at that earlier and stuff like that, but hey. I don't know, man. Trump, man, keep your head up. I don't know what's really going on. I don't trust neither the Republicans or the goddamn Democrats. You know, I had to tell y'all this story because it's an interesting piece of artifact in our history of of humankind, of human history, because this shit is funny. This is crazy. Like I said, I don't know who to believe and stuff like that. Trump be... Trump be snitching, though. Trump be like, hey, man, this is what goes on behind closed doors. He tell you exactly what's really going on. Like, he be keeping it real. Like, he tell you that there's some um, fake-ass shit going behind these closed doors and stuff. And these politicians got ulterior motives. And they, like political science, they got them lie to us. That's what they do. And he admitted to that stuff like that. So that be that be catching my ear. You know, I'm just saying, you can't get mad at me. Some of you guys hate Trump, and I understand that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. But I'm just, you know, telling y'all what's really going on out here. That's all I'm doing, bro. Don't get mad at me. And anyway, I'm going to cut this goddamn apple pie short. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to cut it short. This is your man, Ben Sparrow. We're thinking out loud. Um... Follow me on Instagram. All you got to do is type in the search engine, Box Benji. That is B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I. All right? Same thing that you could do to follow me on TikTok. Same thing. 
All right, just type in the search engine box Benji, B-O-X, B-E-N-J-I, B as in Bob, nigga. All right, box Benji. All right, I'ma holla at you later with another segment. Y'all people be chilling out there. Just be cool. Don't go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Ignore the people that's trying to make your day get bad. Just ignore them, man. You ain't even got to respond to them. Act like you speak another English. Matter of fact, act like one of the asylum seekers. You don't know no English. You know what I'm saying? You just keep it moving. We, don't, we need you to make it to the finish line. Son. We need a Mario Lago um, property, too. Everybody need one. Not just Trump. I think everybody in America deserves some property. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. I'm going to holler at you later. This is Thinking Out Loud. Peace. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I'm in love with. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Party at the bodega.